Are India's crypto ban rumors legitimate? Will India's crypto industry continue? Or is the crypto industry on the verge of the next wave of financial inclusion? Welcome to Word on the Block, the series that takes a deeper dive into blockchain and the emerging technologies that shape our world at the intersection of business, politics, and economy. It's what we cover right here on Forecast News. Welcome to the show. I'm Forecast Editor-in-Chief Angie Lau. Now, we're talking about India today because in mid-September, reports from both mainstream and crypto news sources said that there could be another cryptocurrency ban in the works by Indian policymakers. But it was followed by a sigh of relief when the legislation did not appear on the agenda of the parliamentary session. Still, it's been a seesaw journey for the crypto story in India. Because since the RBI banking ban on cryptocurrency was lifted in March, exchanges report that customer growth has increased by more than tenfold. But still, India's cryptocurrency regulation has been clouded. And uncertainty in the traditional market is pushing investors towards DeFi and crypto. So you have this whole swirl of interest here. And add this to the mix, the latest notable investor to bank on the uncertain crypto industry of India is Tim Draper, who we talked with a couple of months ago right here on Forecast News. He led a $3.5 million Series A funding round for one of the nation's oldest exchanges in India. In fact, the first, UnoCoin. Ban or no ban, it seems like it doesn't matter about the interest. So let's bring him on the show right now here to give us a greater perspective and an insider scoop on how the industry has been reacting to these rumors is the co-founder and CEO of UnoCoin, Sathvik Vishwanath. Sathvik, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Thank you. Get us up to speed here from March on it was celebratory. I, th- th- there was just this this huge interest, not only domestically within the borders of India and the excitement from retail investors and just the average person thinking about crypto, but also externally. Since then, we have had seen the seesaw effect of policymakers either threatening to ban it, you know, and or restrict it. Where are we today? Okay, so yeah, in in March 4th, 2020, uh, it was a very glorious victory for the cryptocurrency market within India when Reserve Bank of India's notice to the banks were, was, set, was finally set aside by, by the Supreme Court, right? So just after that, uh, I mean, there have been quite a few speculations of, okay, how the Reserve Bank of India could react for it. There has always been a pending bill on the table since more than uh, two and a half to three years. So will it ever come on the table for consideration? So these are all like you know speculations. The draft bill was written by the committee formed by the government. So it will have to follow its logical journey of ultimately coming up to the table on one fine day. And then whether it gets discarded or it gets considered is a different question. It depends upon the voting that will happen uh, in the I mean, among the members of uh, parliament itself so once it is written it just cannot appear into or disappear into thin air so every time a new session is happening there is a potential for that uh, draft bill to come on the table and i think that is where the speculation keeps on happening whenever there is a session oh this this time it could come on the on the table and if, and, and if it actually gets approved uh, it, it could actually mean a ban for the cryptocurrency industry in India. 
So let's say if it happens every five to six months once, this will keep mm. on uh, surfacing. But at the end, uh, we will have to, we will at least have to wait the list of the things they want to consider is released before we start speculating it. But because it's an exciting news, it gets picked up very, very soon and very easily. Yeah. It's helpful to understand for, you know, to understand the, the minutiae of the parliamentary system in India. So, of course, if you have a draft bill, the process is that at some point, uh, at any any time the, the parliament is called every six months, there is a potential of that draft bill being introduced. It wasn't this time, so you bought yourself another six months. And potentially, we'll see it somewhere down the line. It could be sooner, it could be later. But the fact that it was drafted at some point, we'll likely see it. So the first question is, do we know what's in the draft bill? And how is the industry preparing for these conversations? Are there outreach efforts right now, lobby efforts to start educating policymakers and lawmakers about the impact of crypto and blockchain in India? Yeah, so uh, this, this draft bill was reported in 2018. However, at that time, they didn't make it public. It was only submitted to the government for consideration. But in 2019, that bill, uh, the draft bill also got published for people to see. We only knew little highlights that, yeah, it should be banned and whoever is trying to do anything, even including holding of cryptocurrencies, could attract uh, a, a prison time of uh, 10 years, etc. But however, that uh, that entire uh, draft bill was released to the public for, for us to see in, in the mid-2019. So it was in the midst of the fight that was happening at the uh, Supreme uh, Supreme Court that the Reserve Bank of India's notice should be set aside. And yeah, so it, it's obviously not uh, favorable at all. And it also is quite outdated, if I have to compare it today. So given the speed at which the industry develops, two and a half years is a lot of time. And also when it when that bill did come to the uh, on the table for uh, Supreme Court, it was not given its weightage. In fact, so and and because it was not given its weightage, I mean that eventually led to the Supreme Court ordering that uh, the notice from Reserve Bank of India should be set aside. I think the apt way for us uh, right now is whenever the bill comes on the table on the Parliament for the discussion. We will have to consider uh, when there will be obviously an voting, so where the member of parliament will be either saying yes or no. In all uh, likelihood, it will be a no uh, this time because uh, we have done our influence. The industry has done its influence, media has done its influence on why it is, uh, why it should be there uh, in India to not lose the opportunities. It could be employment, it could be investment opportunities, it could be innovation, etc. And uh, and once it eventually becomes a no, then uh, there will be a, a need for a new committee itself being formed again to understand what it is right now and how the present law of the land will apply to this and finally come up with a new balanced view. What's really interesting is that time is right now on your side, especially since the March reversal of the RBI ban by the Supreme Court. It really mm -hmm. seemed to lift the gates, as it were, of interest. And, and we saw a flood of interest from across India of people opening up uh, accounts and, and uh, being really interested in starting to invest in crypto, in alternative assets, in DeFi, in digital assets. Since March, up to the moment that we're talking uh, right now, what has been almost the 
enterprise relationship, the exchanges relationship with the retail investor. Are retail investors uh, getting the kind of customer service, the kind of security, the kind of investment products from a credible point of view that they should be given versus you know what was happening two and a half years ago, which was the wild, wild west? Yeah. So, so when it comes to the customer care or uh, any help or the advice, so whatever are the services the retail end customer uh, need to eventually get, so I don't think they are deprived uh, of that at all. But like we discussed, uh, this particular bill also makes all the, I mean, all of the industry player being very cautious about what they can talk about it. So because it, it is not us who can take the view that, yeah, this will eventually become weaker because it is outdated or anything like that. It has to be uh, the regulators or the members of the parliament. So we will eventually need to be very cautious about the message that we are giving to the to the industry on one side. And it has always been that the retail investors should uh, do their own research to understand uh, it could be volatility risk or the security risks or even the regulatory risks whatever exists, uh, so they should be aware uh, to, to get in. And given uh, when it comes to volatility risk, people understand because there is always, uh, you know, they are investing into mutual funds or, uh, or equity or commodity markets, so they understand what it is. Security risk, they understand uh, because it, it's still understandable for a, a very common man how to secure their laptops or mobile phones, etc. But when it comes to regulatory risk, uh, it, it continues to be something new for them. And it continues to be something very big for them to consume, which many times are uh, keeping the newcomers away. But but mm. however, when it comes to the one who are already involved in the industry, uh, they, they quite understand all different pieces of the puzzle. And they also see how the industry, uh, entire industry is transforming in the, in the rest of the world. And uh, hope yeah. that the similar thing will happen in India so that we don't miss out is, is what it looks like. I mean, you're a veteran in this space. Unocoin was India's first crypto exchange way back in 2013. Fast forward to today. Uh, did you think that India could get here? Obviously, with just the adoption, the understanding, even the education of this space, you've been through quite the journey yourself. From your point of view, where do you think this industry needs to go? And what do you think that regulators need to realize? I think see, it's it's definitely a well-known fact for us that the the ride would be quite like a roller coaster ride. So I mean, we have faced that in the first year, and what we faced in the first year, maybe it's like a couple of times multiplied <laughs> as to what we are facing uh, this year. And it is very similar to how the industry has grown, how the company has grown, how the team has grown, etc. So it's getting like one thing is getting adopted to the other. Is 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 what it looks like. So I definitely did not foresee eventually we will uh, we, we will actually be able to service for about seven years and uh, this is how uh, it will eventually uh, lead. But at the core mission and uh, vision of our statements, it continues to be, you know, whatever it is. And we just try going forward with the same uh, enthusiasm. And when it comes to what it should eventually look like within India, See, I mean, if you see India has some of the unique traits as compared to the rest of the world. So at least to pick up a few, it, it, it has the very saving mentality. It, it, it is not like, uh, say, the United States, where a lot of times people live on credit and the end of the month, uh, when they get their salaries, they pay their credit cards, etc. Right. So, uh, but here it is more like the saving. They, they try to save from 
even if they're earning ten dollars they try to save uh, three or four of it right so that's a kind of thing and uh, and they love gold than any other country and and it is a very digital ottoman tech savvy in nature given the the internet costs have really really gone down uh, where they're almost able to get free internet at uh, a very good speed through the telecom operator and sometimes i mean we, we just pay like three or four dollars worth of indian rupees uh, to to get the data plans here in india for for the month and then these things combined and it is a very young nation by itself right so so these are all the very say characteristics of the country right now so we, which eventually means this is the path it should be going forward mm-hmm. but on the other side india is a very highly regulated country by itself uh, and when it comes to the monetary policies the regulations are like tenfold than the normal and uh, when when all of a sudden new thing like uh, like cryptocurrency comes into the purview of the regulators so it also uh, becomes important for them to understand how the rest of the world is looking like and what it means for uh, the law of the land within india how to make it adopted uh, from one another and even we have something called capital controls so there are uh, regulations how the money should go out of the country and come into the country and uh, uh, these kinds of things need to be properly addressed what it means when it comes to the cryptocurrencies right so and and eventually and also even when we see payment gateway technology right so we were we were lagging at at least about 4 to 5 years so after the united states saw the payment gateway for uh, online e-commerce portals mm. it took about 4 5 years and uh, until then whatever all that we could do was use our credit cards to book anything mm-hmm. uh, uh, on us but never do anything with it we, we could never use our credit cards also online in india because no wow. such gateway existed so it took for about like 3 to 4 years eventually and now if you see e-commerce through online is one of the major industries within india yeah. and it is really pushed for right so digitization so i think it is just the question of uh, when it will eventually get adopted in, uh, yeah. in in india and after that there is almost like no stopping right so my my parents who at one point of time were were very particular that they never want to connect their bank account online and now they are kind of forced to use it right so yeah. they will eventually become uh, familiar and uh, more comfortable with the new things as as it go forward it could be using of the whatsapp messenger would be right so i think it eventually comes down to how much closer to the Uh, to the people we can build yeah. the product on one side and on the other side we definitely would continue to need the blessing from regulators no matter what but those two things combined yeah. uh, would mean a lot for uh, for for indians and not to lose out on multiple opportunities i mean that's a great canary in the coal mine right now your parents you know once upon a time they were they were very uh, digitally averse and now they are very familiar they're getting more familiar with that it and it reflects really the the appetite the increasing appetite of an entire nation you know the latest response from the crypto industry to policymakers is hey why don't we do a regulatory sandbox what's what's the proposal there how would that work and and how do you think that it would be received see yeah when it comes to regulatory sandbox i think there's obviously the guidelines of how the kyc document should be collected and how the anti money laundering uh, laws to be implemented and especially how if there is any transactions that are suspicious how do you report it right so even though t- today uh, the, the the industry is ready to cooperate to their maximum extent even if it takes lot of resources with the regulators is always there right so they want to co- cooperate 
but we don't have a mechanism to do that yet so for example when it is banks they have a specific channel in which they should be reporting uh, if there is any transaction suspicious coming in their uh, ledger but uh, yeah. when it comes to the crypto industry we don't have that right yeah. so we, we could just send an email but it just is one way communication and we don't know if it even gets checked by by by, by someone right so having it uh, more uh, say responsive i guess will, will will eventually help the industry and we know in which day in which direction we are heading if we are, if we identify something uh, uh, wrong as well we just know it is wrong and it would eventually come back to us like how come this happened to us but we we never had an opportunity to say that we uh, we are seeing something wrong right so so it is very uh, uh, tricky yeah. uh, uh, in nature so these kinds of sandboxes and some mechanism and some guidelines of uh, how we should be accepting the transactions which are coming from the bank account and how we cannot accept the transactions coming from third party into a different person's account and what means a transaction is complete yeah. so that i mean eventually we don't want someone to say that yeah you have taken money but Uh, what you have given is virtual so it doesn't matter uh, it means you still continue to have the money with you it is like a you have to give it back you know it, it, it becomes yeah. like uh, tricky it has to get recognized some kind of categorization needs to happen okay i mean if it is bitcoin then it it is like a digital commodity or it it's like uh, the currency or a security or or an asset so some kind of yeah. calculation um, some calculation is required yeah I mean, it's in the sandbox is what is being applied. Uh, you know, in Hong Kong, the SFC has established sandbox that allows an opportunity for both regulators and the industry to see, you know, how how in practicality some of these transactions work and and you know work in concert and with each other. Uh, and then on the other hand, what we've seen as of late, uh, we've seen uh, the SEC and the Department of Justice coming down. We saw uh, arrests. With Bitmex, uh, this has been an ongoing investigation, and now we have seen some arrests and warrants for arrests on uh, KYC AML issues. Uh, John McAfee for tax evasion. Do you see Indian regulators following this this trend that we're seeing uh, from the U.S.? I think when it comes to India, because we don't have a specific guidelines yet. so the ones uh, who are filing taxes or whoever are doing transactions are trying to do it uh, in such a way that it follows one or the other uh, asset class so either they would be treating it as a commodity or they'll be treating it like an asset so i mean both have little different uh, rules and regulations when it comes to both transactions and also filing of taxes so the indians obviously are picking up uh, whatever is most suitable for them Uh, so but eventually uh, for for us to argue that whatever we are doing is right it will not completely stand on the other side for them to argue whatever they are telling is right uh, they need to have it as a guideline first right so yeah. I, i i think once this clarity is established it becomes more clearer but i, I doubt to what extent it can be applied retrospectively uh, to some extent and on the other side uh, the crypto market in india uh, i mean we just got like more or less a pause for about uh, two years we literally had to push it through to to come wherever uh, we are right now and surviving and thriving now so our it could be volumes or it could be number of customers who who want to get into this are uh, to some extent limited right so and we haven't really seen uh, say uh, hundreds of millions of dollars of uh, 
of crimes happening uh, uh, within the cryptocurrency market in India, at least something that I'm aware of. But I think going forward, it becomes very essential because uh, it, I mean, once the possibility exists, it will happen someday, right? So yeah. uh, it probably is 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 best when uh, the end customer is aware of what he's trying to do and not to become a prey of uh, of, of such kind of scams on on one side and on the other There's side. There's no doubt. The also, should be aware. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt the the, the regulators uh, do provide uh, the legitimacy, the safety and security um, for the average uh, retail investor, for the average investor, quite frankly. But do you think this uncertainty in the regulatory environment has influenced the trading volume in India's crypto space? Yeah, I strongly think it does, but not with at least the people who are already in the industry. But when there is uh, the, the, there is a person who wants to actually get involved and and is bothered about about this, see we as in uh, we are the players in the industry, so we will have a little different view. But when when you see a very common man, and the moment he sees uh, on one day media that there could be a potential ban, and on the next day if, if he sees that okay this is going good, so obviously he would be thinking much many more times uh, uh, before getting involved. So, so at the end of the day, what message that the average customer or a normal consumer is getting uh, really is what matters because uh, today's normal consumer on the fence is tomorrow's investor in the industry. Yes, I mean, that's right. The thing. So uh, making sure that uh, the, the right message is there with him. See, I mean, they have to understand if it is unregulated, it is unregulated, right? So, but sometimes the news will, uh, will, will, will kind of confuse because it only takes one part of yeah. the view, but not the other. But on the other yeah. side, it will be the same consumer which will read the news from the other side as well, right? So uh, eventually, for for him to have the I mean, some kind of confidence. See, one of the biggest uh, uh, biggest concerns I have asked at, at least a few of the common people who are aware of news on both sides is they are very afraid. But they don't they are not afraid to invest today, but they are more afraid. What if it becomes uh, illiquidifiable in mm. the future when it is when it is time, right? And they, they probably they, they will be you know, ready to go, put a part of their, could be smaller part of their savings into this. And it could have uh, grown up over a few years as well. But, uh, and they would be depending significantly that, okay, like if something goes wrong uh, in an emergency case, this, this exists or to be there as uh, like emergency fund. And at that yeah. point of time, if it uh, becomes illiquidable, is a very uh, say threatening thing uh, for, for for a normal uh, consumer. So they prefer instead, okay, even though that the returns are lesser, I don't want to be a part of uh, something more innovative and uh, and uh, investment savvy in nature. So let me just go for mutual funds, and I'm happy with like ten or twelve percent interest. It's all um, about education. Like, right? So, <laughs> so yeah. they, they will choose uh, that path, uh, right? Right. So yeah, I think uh, right. clarity really matters. Yeah, this explosion that we've seen of interest in DeFi, uh, India is no exception to the decentralized finance interest. There, what are you hearing and feeling uh, from both institutional and retail investors about DeFi in India? Within India, is more about uh, which are the different what tokens are behind. And uh, to what extent the tokens are growing, so so that is the actually the most of uh, the, the talk we I mean we, we we hear here. But I think the the talk should uh, be more about what this means to India, and uh, what is the what is the industry size like when it comes to the loans, 
uh, where you know on, on one side you have uh, people pledging gold to take loans. So that is like one of the really really big wow. businesses within India. That's fascinating to hear that people are using their physical gold assets, which we know is a very popular asset for uh, Indian families, and they're actually using that to back their bets in crypto. I, I find that fascinating, and I think it is this potential that really drew in the likes of Tim Draper who uh, led your series A. So far, you've raised, what, three and a half million dollars. You've got a million and a half more to go on this round. What is the interest that you are seeing from outside investors like Tim, like others in the industry about the potential of the Indian market? Yeah, so, so I would obviously say that India is seen like a sleeping beast when it comes to crypto industry market, right? So when it comes to, say, equity trading or derivatives or commodity, forex, etc. So uh, India having about 17% of the world's population. So we have our share in the global, uh, if you see the globally, how much volume it happens and what it is in, in India. But when it comes to the cryptocurrency market, so that particular share is like gone down by a factor of uh, 1% of it, of what we were supposed to be doing. Something like that, right? So, so which eventually uh, brings down to the fact that uh, the, the huge potential exists with uh, one uh, invisible hurdle of how the eventual uh, regulators will see this as, uh, right? So, and it, it is, it is. Uh, I mean, it only becomes uh, more clearer if you see the rest of the world. It's all, but it's, it's very, very unlikely that India would take uh, a, a different view than a lot of other developed countries who would have. Uh, written some kind of guidelines and have experimented it, it has worked for them, etc. So I think uh, the they're just seeing it as a, a big potential market in the short term, and uh, it is worth taking the risk on, on, on this market in in the country, is, is, is what I think uh, they would be looking at it as. And, and one other thing I did not cover uh, is about the remittances. So India is one of the biggest incoming remitters from the countries like uh, Singapore or UAE, US, etc. So where there are always like a lot of uh, the employment opportunities that will be sought out uh, for uh, for Indians. And then they, they, they keep sending money back home, etc. Right? So, and when it comes to the cryptocurrency, I mean, what else can be better than cryptocurrency when it comes to the, uh, when, when it comes to the remittances that you have to send to a, to a specific country. But however, even that will lack, that actually lacks clarity today as well. But the use cases and lot of savings and the opportunities really exist. So now it will be in the hands of eventually Indians and the regulators to, to figure out how to make, how to take advantage of it, right? So if it is there, it would be a little foolish to not take advantage of it. Uh, eventually, it just keeps growing on, on one side and Absolutely. you're just not a part of it. <laughs> yeah, it will be a tragedy story. Yeah, It is a fascinating look into India, into uh, the emerging wealth that is coming out, the increasing interest in uh, digital assets and cryptocurrency. And certainly uh, the first crypto exchange in India in 2013, uh, this has been an incredible journey for you. Thanks for highlighting what it's been like uh, and helping us understand from both the regulatory point of view and from the ground. It's great to talk with you, Seth Vick. Thanks for joining us on the show. Nice to talk with you as well. Thank you for inviting. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on this latest episode of Word on the Block. I'm Editor-in-Chief Forecast News, Angie Lau. Until the next time.